Welcome to Destiny Spirit Church. This week's message is by our senior pastor, Donna Astern. Well, it's really good to hear the good reports about we're, watch, we're hearing improvement on people's physical health, things, conditions, things are getting taken care of. I've also heard reports of people sharing that their minds are clearer, they're thinking better, they're sleeping better. We're having all kinds of good reports that are coming out of this series. And so tonight I want to wrap up this series we've been working on for quite some time. And if you've missed any of the sessions, I encourage you to go online and download them or order the CDs to carry around in your car or whatever. But we have been looking at the spiritual roots of healing for several weeks a few months actually, and it is Henry Wright that is the source of much of the information that I've been sharing. I do want to give credit to the insights that he has gotten, and I want to um, review just a few things, and then we're going to look at spiritual blocks to healing. We, are, we have discovered that it's our responsibility to understand what's going on in our lives, to understand the spiritual roots of the conditions that you and I are facing. And once we recognize those things, it's our responsibility to repent, to renounce those things, to turn from them, and to get them removed out of our lives. That's where the scripture talks about we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, right? And so, you know, in so many circles of the church, it seems that we leave this up to the quote, professionals to handle. You know, it's up to the counselors or it's up to the pastors or it's up to the healing evangelist or somebody else to come and to give me what I need. But the truth is that God's told us to take the light that we've been given by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God and to apply it to our lives and to work it out. And so as we've been looking at these things for several weeks, we're not pointing the finger at anybody, not because of whatever condition a person may have, we're not, we're not judgmental. We're not looking down our nose. We're saying that everybody's a work in progress. And we want to help one another and support one another and encourage one another so until everybody is 100% healed and free. Isn't that the way it needs to be? 100% healed and free. And so for several weeks now, we have been identifying and breaking agreement with sin. We've been identifying and breaking agreement with enemy spirits. We have dealt with unforgiveness. We've dealt with broken hearts and bitterness and accusation. We've dealt with unloving spirits, fear, envy and jealousy, rejection, and last week with occultism. And boy, the devil does not like that, but boy, aren't we feeling good. We're feeling really good because all these things are leaving as we take authority and we refuse to allow them access in our lives. You know what? You should not be a pushover for the devil. You know, when enemy spirit wants to come in and try to get you envious or try to get you into worry, you need to stand up strong and resist those things. Doesn't the Bible tell us to submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you? Because we don't want those things to take lodge within us, amen? We don't want them to give expression, not only in our souls, but in our physical bodies. And so as we have been, um, several weeks ago, I mentioned to you about taking your thoughts captive. So that when a thought comes to you, you've got the three-second rule, Right? Inside of three seconds, when that thought comes, decide, is that thing a good thought or is that something I need to reject? If we hold on to it and play with it for longer than three seconds, it's already begun to work its way into our thought processes. So we're learning to take those thoughts captive. And just as we're saying, we identify that is not God speaking to me. That's a voice of accusation. That is not God speaking to me. That's a voice of jealousy or something else that's not 
operation. So we're going to take authority over it. And even, you know, the thing that has been so tricky for many of us is to understand those are spirits of self-rejection or self-hatred or self-bitterness. That's not God. And even learning to separate those things from ourselves and saying, that's not who I am. Who I am is made in the image of God and is in harmony with the word of God. So what I hear speaking to me, if it doesn't line up with God's word, then that thing has to go. And it's not who I am because who I am, my identity is found in the Lord. Amen. So we've been looking at lots of um, numerous spiritual roots of disease. And we're seeing varying levels of improvement as we're walking these things out. You know, the thing is that we want to work out our own salvation, but we also want to help one another work out their salvation. Remember when I was telling you quite some time ago in the beginning, we want to raise up pastoral teams to minister to one another. You know, we believe in the power gifts. We believe in walking in faith. And there is a place for having the healing evangelists come in with power gifting, lay hands upon people, and watch the Spirit of God work and break things off of people. There is a definite place for that. But you know what? The thing is, we have many times in the church been crying out for anointing. And what we need is not, not more anointing. What we need is more truth. You know, we're looking for power, power, power. What we need is, is the truth that Jesus said. It's the truth that's going to make people free. And so that's what we're saying is if you have had hands laid upon you, if we have prayed the prayer of faith over you, and if you're not improving, then let's dig in. Let's find out what is going on. Where has the enemy gotten access into you? Then let's help lay axe to the root of that thing. And it may be even something you were born with, something that came down through your generations that had nothing to do with something you have done. As a matter of fact, you know, we're talking about, you know, a little baby over here. We were ministering to a little baby it was nothing the baby had done obviously it come down through the family line and so mom and dad and you know pastor we get together and we deal with the family line we go back and we deal with the spiritual roots and already we're seeing improvement in the baby amen and this is what this is what we're working towards it's to everybody to get healed and free there may be some major issues that can hinder our healing and so tonight we're going to look at 33 blocks to, he- to healing. We're going to zip through 30 of them pretty quickly, and then we're going to spend some time on the three biggies, the three critical ones. But, you know, it's, it's like you may have prayed the prayer of faith. You may have had hands laid upon you and anointed with oil, but there may be something still going inside of you that is sabotaging your healing. How many of you know that sometimes we have sabotage our own? Yeah, yeah. We have, and we need, to, we need to understand what's going on so that doesn't continue any longer. Healing and prevention of de- disease are relational issues and cannot be claimed just from following a ritual. There's a lot of people that want to treat God like a vending machine. Let me just say the magic words, the magic formula, and it'll all go away and it'll all be better. But the truth is that God is relational, and He wants us in, and our healing is going to come in the context of relationships. You know, there are too many people that want to just be isolated and live Christianity all by themselves, but that's not biblical. You know, you can be a Buddhist and live by yourself, you can be a Hindu and live by yourself, but you can't be a Christian. 
and be isolated from the body of Christ. And so many times, one of the blocks to our healing we're going to get to may be just that God is trying to get you from being so independent and trying to get you connect with somebody else in the body of Christ. Amen. Aren't you glad your body parts are connected tonight? Aren't you glad that the foot didn't decide it didn't want to show up with you tonight? Aren't you glad that your, your, your nose didn't decide to, st- decide to stay home, right? You know, we need to be able to claim all of our body parts together, working together for one purpose, all right? So let's look at a quick overview of 30 possible spiritual blocks. And I'm just going to go over these very quickly if you just want to jot them down. The first spiritual block to healing is ignorance or lack of understanding and lack of knowledge. This teaching that we're covering on spiritual roots is really important because it gives you the knowledge and the understanding of what's going on. As I've been teaching about spirituality and physiology, we've been talking about what happens in your immune system when you don't feel good about yourself, when you're listening to spirits that tell you bad things about yourself, how that's actually affecting your body chemistry and it's, for, and it's affecting your immune system so that you can't even respond the way that you need to to uh, challenges to your health. And so if we don't have an understanding of this, we'll just be in the dark, won't we? And we won't be able to have the, the healing and the prevention disease that God wants us to have. Because you think about it, you know, well, I, you've been like me probably, read in the Bible where it says envy is as rottenness of the bones. And go, okay, I don't get that, and move right along. But now we understand that envy actually is rottenness of the bones. And so we want to look at if there is a, a down, if there is a place on the inside of us where we have allowed envy to get in, this may be the root of the current situation that we're, that we're facing. So understanding is going to bring us a lot of freedom, but ignorance can be a block. The number two block is no relationship with God according to knowledge. No relationship with God according to knowledge. If you don't think God heals today, then he doesn't heal. If you, if you think that you can treat God like a vending machine when he's trying to get you into relationship, understand God cannot be manipulated. He cannot be put into a box. He'll jump out every time. Number three, personal and family sins can block our healing. Personal and family sins. The, the consequence of our ancestors' sins can transfer to us. We've already seen this. There are genetically inherited diseases, isn't that right? But there are also genetically inherited dispositions, personality quirks. How many of you have been to a family reunion lately? You ever seen some of those little idiosyncrasies that come down through the family line? And haven't we noticed that even with young children? We watch them grow up and say, Man, he acts just like his dad, or he's got that mannerism just like Uncle Joe or whoever. And we've seen that these things are part of the inheritance that we wind up coming with through our family line. So personal and family sins can be a block. But when, so we, therefore, we confess not only our own sins, but the sins in our generations for those people in our family line who have gone before us because we don't want those things to be a block to our healing. The number four block is not having faith in God. If you've been around here very long, you know I'm a strong faith teacher. Believe very much that we need to preach strong faith. And if you need strength in that area, I encourage you to get the CDs that we've done on the subject. You know, if we don't have faith in God, we're not going to get anything from Him. Isn't that what the Bible says in Hebrews 11, right? 
So, but the Bible also teaches that if we mix our faith together, then we can support one another and we can receive the fullness of what God has for us. So not having faith in God is a huge block to healing. Number five, the need to see a miracle. You know, some people wait to believe until they see a miracle first. You hear, the miracle evangelist is coming to town. I believe it when I see it, some people say. You know, and they want to, oh, I don't believe it. I never saw that sort of thing happen. Do you know that belief is a matter of choice? You choose to believe whatever you want to. So some people have a need to see a miracle. They have no understanding about the, the reality of God's love or power in their lives. So they want God to prove it to them. Prove it. Remember when Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted? What did the devil come to him and say? If you're the son of God, prove it. Right? Prove it. You know what? Jesus said, blessed are those who believe it and don't see. But some people, you know, you can have a block to healing when God's trying to get you to walk in faith and you're waiting for proof first. You know, many times I've seen you go to a miracle evangelist crusade and the guy will call up one person and do a miracle for that person so that the other people in the congregation will believe. I went to a powerful meeting one time years ago, a guy, I don't know exactly who it was, but healed a guy of color blindness. It was so much fun because he was, the, the guy, evangelist was calling different one of us and had to stand up and ask the guy to identify what colors we were wearing. And I, he called me to stand up and I was wearing, I was wearing very bright colors. I was wearing a bright blue skirt with a wine purple kind of a colored blouse. And, and so he asked the guy, what color is her blouse? He's going, I don't know. What's, uh, I don't know what you call that. Is that maybe kind of purple? You know, how do you explain purple if you've never seen purple before, you know? But I thought that was kind of fun. I mean, what they had done was, you know, they had, um, the guy had been diagnosed. He did not have cones in his eyes. I mean, he had a physical inability to read color and so when he got up and said that and his girlfriend was there when she was crying because you know she was always time trying to change how he's dressed because (laughs) he was never coordinated and and so he's crying and she's crying it was so much fun man because one person got a miracle miracles exploded because people began to see so sometimes god will as a you know dinner bell kind of a thing he will do one type of of a sign or a wonder so that will encourage other people to have faith in God but there are many times God wants you to get it by faith and not believe you see it first and you believe it after you you'll receive it after some people want to demand proof and some people also have a need to see a miracle and their attention is upon a person with a gift well, when Benny Hinn comes to town. Well, when he healing evangelist comes to town. You know what? Our attention needs to be upon the Lord and not upon a man. Now, I'll give you a real short little story. That there was many, many years ago that um, some of us were attending a prophetic meeting. And at that time, there weren't a lot of prophetic meetings, so that was fun to go to. And so I had agreed with another person that I wanted a certain series of things to happen by that uh, prophetic minister. You know, we would just pray in the prayer of faith, right? Get in the prayer of agreement. We're going to agree together that this person is going to minister to that individual loved one and call them out and tell them whatever, and it's all going to be glorious, right? Does that sound like a good plan? (laughs) We had a plan. Well, guess what? God had other plans. We got to the meeting, 
And all of a sudden, I mean, during the praise and worship, things are going along. And all of a sudden, the prophetic minister says, you know what? I just don't think I'm supposed to minister tonight. And had somebody else, the associate, got up and ministered the whole night. Well, I felt shot down, first of all. But I knew that I knew that God was telling me, you don't put me in a box like that. You don't try to manipulate and control me with a prayer of faith. <laughs> so I learned a lot from them. It's like, let's... let's not put God in a box. Say, God, I would like you to minister to this person or whatever, but according to your timetable, according to your plan, according to, you know, what you're choosing. Because if I can't have my attention upon, well, because, you know, brother so-and-so is in town or sister so-and-so is in town. And folks, I think that's something that a lot of us have gotten tripped up over, you know, when the special person is in town. And many times it's like God will use them but many times, God's trying to get us to a place of not looking to man, but looking to him. Amen? The number six block to healing is looking for signs and wonders. Looking for signs and wonders. Signs and wonders, you know, the Bible says, should follow us. We don't follow and chase them. But, you know, sometimes we get it backwards. Ooh, sign and wonder meeting, sign and wonder meeting. Let's go, let's go. Get in the car and let's go. Signs and wonders follow you and follow me. Okay? Um, remember, disease is a fruit of separation. It's a fruit, it's evidence that something is not right. There's some place of break between the person and the Lord or the person and their relationships. And so looking for signs and wonders can also indicate somebody who's wanting to treat God like the slot machine or wanting to just be, you know, going like, uh, what was his name? King um, Herod who wanted Jesus to do a sign for him. He heard that Jesus did signs and wonders, so therefore he wanted to watch a sign and wonder done, and Jesus wouldn't come through for him. Amen. Okay. All right. Number seven, expecting God to heal on one's terms. Expecting God to heal on one's own terms. How many of you remember the story of Naaman? Remember Naaman was the man who was the military man who had leprosy and he was told by his little slave girl if you go see the prophet I'm sure the prophet can heal you so he gets up with his whole entourage he's an important man he's an important man in the army and so he shows up at the guy's house and the prophet sees him come in sends out his messenger and tells him go dip in the river and so he sends the message to him, and Naaman is infuriated. He was disappointed because he was a high-ranking official. He would have thought that he would have received the proper courtesy and protocol of someone of his stature. And so he didn't come out to meet him. He sent his messenger and then told him to go dip in that muddy river. It was a dirty river. So he had, he even says, I thought he would come out here and wave his hands. And I thought he would make this incantation and these things would happen. So because it wasn't happening the way he thought it was supposed to, he got all mad and upset about it. It was his pride and disappointment. He wound up in bitterness and rage. Fortunately, he had some servants who were smarter than he was. And he told him, if you'll just go dip in the river and do like they said, you'll be healed. And so finally he did, and he was healed. But, you know, doesn't that happen sometimes that believers have it in their head how it's supposed to happen? You know, I'm supposed to go see the healing evangelist. I'm supposed to get healed. I'm supposed to go to the doctor the next day, and the x-ray is supposed to show I'm completely healed. Or I'm supposed to 
you know, not have to do this, or if I fast for 40 days, that'll do it, then I'll be healed. You know, sometimes we get it in our head how we think it's supposed to be, and we need to f- see what God's strategy is for our healing. Number eight block is looking to man rather than God. Looking to man rather than God. You might need to go to a doctor for a diagnosis. You might need to go to one for a checkup. But we want to seek the Lord first. The Bible talks about King Asa. He became diseased in his feet. And he says he sought the physicians only and did not seek the Lord. And as I mentioned to you last week, you know, a lot of times it's just easier. It's just easier to just take a pill, get an injection, schedule a surgery. It's just easier than getting before God, laying your heart out, and letting God show you what's going on the inside, you know. We want to make sure that our trust is not in doctors, but in the Lord. Amen. Take time to seek Him first. It's not that you can't use a doctor, but we want to look to them as a supplement. Our source of healing is the Lord. Amen. All right, number nine. Number nine, block to healing. Not being honest and transparent. Why aren't people honest and transparent? Because of fear and pride. Isn't that right? There are things that we don't want other people to know. Doesn't the Bible tell us in James 5.16, Therefore confess your sins one to another. And a lot of times we don't want to confess our sins one to another. We don't want anybody else to know what's going on. Because we're afraid of rejection. Because we're afraid of them judging us. But the, the Word of God tells us if we will do that and pray for one another that we can be healed. Number 10, flagrant sin or habitual sin. Flagrant sin or habitual sin. What's your attitude towards sin? Do you hate it? Remember me telling me how much I hate envy? I really, really hate envy. And I was thinking, you know, Lord, I want to make sure that I really, really hate all the rest of the sins too. <laughs> Not just envy. I mean, I hate a lot of sin. But you know what? I want to be like... like Psalm, uh, David said in the Psalms, I hate them with perfect hatred to where I don't want any part of that have an expression within my life. A hardened heart will practice sin and will not inherit the kingdom of God. All right, number 11 block. Robbing, guys, robbing God in tithes and offerings. Your tithe is 10% of your income. It goes to the church. The tithe is not designated to a building fund. It's not designated to a guest speaker. It's not designated to anybody or anything. It is undesignated. It goes straight into the church. Offerings can be designated. You can designate an offering to go to a guest speaker, to a building fund, to a missions trip, to TBN, to whatever you want to designate an offering. But the tithe is payment. It's It's like paying a bill. You know, when you write your bill, to your check to Dominion, Virginia Power, You get to send them exactly made out to them. You don't get to say, well, I'm going to put $50 to you, $50 to Sprint. It's okay because it's all bills, right? Dominion's not going to be happy with that. They're going to shut your power off. Isn't that right? The tithe belongs to the Lord and to the local church. Offerings can be given. It's a general offering. Another thing about that, too, is some people, sometimes this happens with professionals, that they decide that rather than give their money, they're going to give two hours or five hours. Folks, you can't pay bills with two hours, with five hours. You know, some people say, well, I'll just donate. I know people have said, well, I'm a lawyer, so I'm just going to donate, you know, some of my services as my tithe. Well, first of all, that's not 10% of your income. 
It's your income coming in. Having said that, if the Lord has none of your time, then you're also not tithing because our whole life belongs to him, not just our finances. But there also is to be placed in our lives for devotion to him and also service to other people. Is that, that true? Y'all agree with that? That's good because it's Bible. All right, number 12. Number 12 block is some are just not saved. Some people don't get healed because they want to get healed, but they don't want to repent and they don't want to know the Lord. It was really interesting um, down at Henry Wright's ministry down there. They said they get a large number of unbelievers who come for healing. And they know they're coming to a church, but they're coming, you know, there for healing. And he says their attitude is, I'd rather get them born again first and then work on getting them healed. He says, because if I get them, you know, if they die first, I can't get them born again. So let's get them born again first and then, you know, work on the healing aspect. But some people are not saved because they don't even, they don't repent. They don't know the Lord. Number 13 block, the sin of our parents. Y'all remember the story of David and Bathsheba? David and Bathsheba committed adultery. David committed murder. And for their sins, their child died. And um, also, there's another case of that, Jeroboam's uh, son, Abijah. Jerobo- now, this is an interesting story. It's in 1 Kings 14. Abijah was the son of Jeroboam, and Jeroboam was an evil king. And he perverted and twisted everybody he had influence on. And the Bible says that the child died because the Lord saw something good in him and wanted to rescue him from his evil father. That's wild, isn't it? And then you can go meditate on that for a while. That's like Selah, okay? Because it says in him something good was found towards the Lord. Because see, you know what? The Lord is more after your eternal salvation than anything else. More after that than anything else. So I'm just saying it's in the Bible. There it is. It's bold. It's blunt. There it is. Number 14, block to healing. Our allotted time in life is fulfilled. You know, Moses was saying in Psalm 90, as for the days of our life, they contain 70 years, or if due to strength, 80 years. 70 to 80 years is normal lifespan. Sometimes people don't get healed because they're 104. They just need to go home. (laughs) Now, all right. Having said that, less than 70 or 80 years is a curse. You should not die, and your family should not die at less than 70 to 80 years old. The Bible says in Proverbs 10:27, the fear of the Lord prolongs life, but years of the wicked will be shortened. Number 15, looking to symptoms and not to the healer. A block to healing can be looking to symptoms and not to the healer. This also goes back to faith. You say, well, I'm still sneezing. Well, by his stripes, you are healed. We're going to expect an improvement, and we're looking to the Lord. You know, sometimes it happens is we pray, we repent, we believe God for healing, and now we want to go, okay, let's see if it happens again. Let's look into your symptoms. Why don't we say, I'm healed, and go on from there, and expect the healing coming on instead of expecting the disease coming on. Amen. All right, number 16. Letting fear enter your heart. Letting fear enter your heart. Fear demands expression and can quench your faith. 
But on the other hand, faith demands expression and can overcome fear. It's which one we're going to give attention to. If we allow fear to come in, though, it can block us from receiving our healing. Number 17, failure to get away in prayer and fasting. The scripture says in Isaiah 58, verse 8, Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your recovery will speedily spring forth. Your righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Speedy recovery. This fast in Isaiah 58 is referring to not abstaining from food, but this is referring to service to other people. Remember, as I said earlier, God is after relationship, not only with him, but with one another. Relationship. If we give to other people, God promises in Isaiah 58, if we will pour out and give to other people, the yoke will be broken in our own lives and our own healing will speed forth speedily. There's a promise of healing for those who lay their lives down for other people to, to minister to the needs of others. Now, there are other types of fasts, obviously, from you know, not eating food um, or not eating certain types of food. But those types of fasts are times where you get along with God. If you decided not to eat for three weeks, the purpose of that is to spend time with God and let God to reveal what's going on inside of your heart, right? Fasting is not a way to twist God's arm. It's a way to humble yourself to meet with Him. And fasting, by the way, will expose your carnality. It will expose all the irritability and ugly stuff on the inside of you. And if you don't believe it, it's proof you've never fasted. Okay? <laughs> it's really true. I mean, you know. Okay, number 18 block to healing. Improper care of the body. The Bible speaks in the New Testament of a man called Epaphroditus, and he nearly worked himself to death in ministry. You know, there is many times there is a twisted type of mentality when it comes to ministers. You know, we believe that the healing evangelist should just be out there preaching strong, hard, and heavy every day, every day. The pastor should be out there every day, every day, every day. They shouldn't take vacations. They don't get time off. And many of them feel like, no, let's just go out and blaze of glory. And I've heard them say stuff like that. And a workaholic mentality for ministry. And, you know, the problem is that many of these people burn out. And we've seen over years, time, years past, we've seen men and women of God crumple in exhaustion and burnout for the sake of the gospel, just like Epaphroditus did. He almost died because of it. You know what, folks? If I die too soon, that doesn't help you. Right? I need to fulfill my allotment, right? And so do you. Okay? Number 19, block to healing, touching God's anointed leaders. Judging and criticizing those in authority over us, whether in church or home or in the government. It's criticizing. Doesn't the Bible teach us? I mean, you might not have voted for them. You might not like what they're doing. But the Bible says they don't wield the sword in vain. God has given us, thank God we have government. I know we're not going to go off bad about, you know, government. But government's better than anarchy, right? It's better than anarchy. So instead of judging and criticizing them, well, let's pray for them. Let's pray for them and the forces that are working with them and dealing with them. This also, you know, it applies in the home. You know, kids, don't judge and criticize your parents. Pray for them. It's hard being a parent. You make lots of mistakes all the time. 
But you know what? Your heart's in the right place. At least the folks in this room, I know people here love their kids, right? We love our parents. But a lot of times we don't handle everything right. So rather than judge and criticize them, forgive them, bless them, and pray for them. Number 20, blocked healing, immoderate eating, physical negligence. You cannot live on coffee and chocolate. But I've known some people have tried. I mean, let's face it. If you're living on caffeine and sugar, that's going to be something hard for your body to work with. Number, yes, and physical negligence. Also, that's people that think they don't have to sleep. Uh, I read something not too long ago, which I found very interesting. Do you know that in your body's rhythms, you know, you have, when you go to sleep at night, you have the various levels of sleep, right? Your rapid eye movement, you have all this kind of stuff going on. And what I read said that between 11 o'clock at night and 1 o'clock in the morning are the two hours, that is when your body actually gets the most rest and does the most healing. And if you stay up during that time, you can sleep 12 hours and still not be as rested. If you make sure you are asleep in that time from 11 to 1 a.m., you know what? And it made sense to me because I've done it. I've stayed up till 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, you know, and then sleep for 8, 9, 10 hours and still wake up just dragging. But if you go to bed a little earlier and then sleep and cover that 11 to 1 o'clock, it can make a positive difference. I mean, just try it out. See how it works for you. Number 21, because that's not actually in the Bible anywhere. I just heard that or read that somewhere. Um, number 21, block to healing, pure unbelief. Unbelief and doubt will keep us from our rest. <coughs> unbelief and doubt. Just don't believe in this stuff. Don't think these roots are important. Don't think this, think this I don't, don't believe it. You know, some people, they don't believe it. You have disease management is when people are taking medication because they don't believe that any of this stuff works but they're trying to have some relief from pain, have some relief in their physical body without doing it God's way. That's a form of disease management. You know, it's easier to take the pill and instead of working to get us back to that place of rest. Remember as we were talking quite some time ago and I mentioned to you about what happens with the, um, when the blood pressure goes up. Instead of let's just take a pill to bring it down, why don't we go with what's happening on the inside? What's the root of fear and anxiety that's making the heart beat, that's making the blood vessels constrict to where the blood pressure is automatically going higher? Let's deal with fear and anxiety so that those things will naturally reduce, right? Okay, the next block. 22, failing to keep your life filled up with God. When God delivers us, we have an obligation to stay filled up. The enemy looks for an empty house to return to. Didn't Jesus teach that? When an evil spirit is cast out of a man, he comes back and wants to know if I can get back in there. And if he can, he wants to bring seven more of his buddies with him. The enemy is looking for a void to fill. Number 23 block is not resisting the enemy. Not resisting the enemy. You know, the devil is looking for someone to devour. Just decide it's not going to be you. Just decide you're just not going to be a victim today. Number 24 block. Just giving up. Sometimes people get a prognosis from the doctor 
a diagnosis and a prognosis that doesn't look too good, and rather than fight it, rather than stir themselves up, they throw their hands up and say, well, I got it now. How many people, I mean, you might have to look at your own heart. Is there a word that if your doctor spoke it, it would cause you to panic? Maybe it's a word like cancer. I mean, there are people, they're afraid of that word. And if they hear that, they automatically go into a shutdown mode and just give up. That's not a way to get healed. Thank God there is healing for cancer and everything else. Number 25 block, looking for repeated healings instead of divine health. Looking for repeated healings instead of divine health. You know that God's perfect will for you is not that you get healed. His perfect will is that you never get sick. I'd rather just stay healthy. Isn't that right? Rather than have to get healed one more time. And I've seen people with great faith. Man, they go in the healing line. They get healed. Bam, bam, bam. Every time. But after a while, you're like, they're always in the healing line. But at some point, let's learn to get healed. Stay healed. Number 26. Block is rejecting the atonement as part of the covenant for healing. There are whole groups of Christians who do not believe that healing is for today. They do not believe that healing is a part of the covenant that we have with Jesus Christ. If you don't believe that healing is for today, for today, you will not get healed. Right? Pretty clear. Number 27. Trying to bypass the penalty of the curse artificially. Trying to bypass the penalty of the curse artificially. We want to repent of the spiritual roots and get things right with God. If we're taking the medication without dealing with the sin, it's trying to bypass the consequences. Block number 28, murmuring and complaining. Whether it's against life in general, against God or his leaders, but murmuring and complaining will bring you trouble. Think about the children of Israel who are out there in the wilderness. They got the complaining because it was long and hot and hard and difficult. And what happened? They got in big trouble with God, right? Signs of ungratefulness will block God's movement in your life. You know, the Bible tells, tells us that we are to be grateful, to be thankful. In the last days, some people won't be. And we do want to watch out for that self-pity. Because self-pity wants you to focus upon everything wrong with our lives instead of talking about the things to be grateful for. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that I'm sure all of us would like to see some improvement from in our lives. But you know what one thing we can be thankful for tonight? Nobody's going to be arrested for coming to church tonight. I mean, you know, there are lots of places in the world you fear for your life. But, you know, just thank God. There are many things, even if you're having the worst day of your life, you got something to be thankful for. And let's let the fruit of our lips give thanks to the Lord. Amen? All right. The next block, number 29, is hating and not obeying instruction. Not obeying instruction. Hating it. We are to be instructed in righteousness so it will go well with us. Folks, surrender to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit dealing with you about something, just give up. <laughs> just, just give in. You know, does not be those who hate instruction. You know, and hate being told, don't tell me that again. Don't preach on that again. I wish you'd change the subject. You know, hating instruction. <laughs> hey, I've been there. <laughs> I've been like, oh, here we go again. One more time. 
But you know what? Hating instruction is something that will hinder what God's doing in our lives. The Bible says, what is it in Proverbs? The fool was the one who said, how I've, I've hated my teachers. I've hated wisdom. I've not listened to them. Okay, number 30, block to healing. Past and continued involvement with the occult, which we dealt with last week. If we are still messing with occult things, that can be a big hindrance to us receiving healing. There can be forces that have been loosed at work. You know, God's will is that we are not managed or manipulated or controlled in any way by evil spirits. But God's will is that we are free. Amen? That we are sanctified and set free from those things. Okay, those were the 30 blocks that are fairly common. But now we're going to look at the three big critical blocks. And if you would, open your Bibles to Mark 11. We're going to look at some scripture. The three critical blocks. Number 31 is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is the biggest block to healing that we have found. Most people's problems stem from bitterness. Mark 11. Mark 11, 22. And Jesus answered, saying to them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and they will be granted you. Whenever you stand praying, forgive. Notice that's when you stand praying, not like when you sit praying. That means you're going to stand praying, you're going to have to forgive pretty quickly, aren't you? How many of y'all get tired of standing after a while? That's my point. After a while, you're going to have to sit down. So while you're standing praying, in that point of immediacy, go ahead and forgive. Go ahead and release them. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father who's in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive your transgressions. Unforgiveness can be a block, and you can have unforgiveness towards yourself or towards other people or towards God, and it can block your healing. I've talked to several Christians over the years. They can forgive everybody but themselves. They can, I can't forgive myself for that stupid thing or that wrong thing or whatever. Folks, if God has forgiven you, you've got to forgive yourself. And for some of us, this is the biggest struggle that we face. But unforgiveness can block even if it's towards you. We need to make peace with every person we have ever known. With every person we've ever known in our lives. You know, last week Sarah's talking about she was, had sore throat, driving down, forgiving people, even the guy that just cut her off. And God healed, didn't she? It's a matter of practicing instant forgiveness. You know, get it resolved before God. Maybe the person is no longer in your life. You don't know where they are. Maybe they're deceased. But the thing is, in your heart, that's where you want the freedom to be, to let them go. Forgiveness is not condoning what they have done. Forgiveness is an attitude of your heart towards other people in love. They still may be wrong. They still may not have repented. doesn't make any difference. Repentance is I'm going to choose to let it go and not require revenge, not require payback. I'm just going to let it go and let God deal with it. Amen. And Jesus said that if we forgive other people, then God will also forgive us. 
And this is a hard thing for people to understand, but how many of you know Mark 11 is in the New Testament? <laughs> this is the New Testament. This was Jesus who was talking. So these words apply to us. Amen? They apply to us. You know, God wants us to walk in freedom and forgiveness, but he also as requires us as his children to forgive those who have hurt and wounded us and forgive those who have hurt and wounded people we love. Sometimes that's a hard thing to let go of. They hurt somebody you care about, and then you take up an offense, you know. But the truth is, all of us have offended God far more than anybody else has offended us personally. The big block number 32 Sometimes the sickness is unto death. Let's look at 1 John chapter 5. Sometimes is a sickness unto death. 1 John chapter 5. Some of this is hard. I understand some of this is hard. But if it's hard, we want the truth, right? You want the truth, right? 1 John chapter 5, verse 16. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask, and God will for him give life to those who commit sin not leading to death. There is a sin leading to death. I do not say that he should make requests for this. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is sin not leading to death. Does he say right there not to pray for people who have got a sin unto death? Yeah, he does. He says not to pray for them. Diseases that come out of bitterness, unforgiveness, and self-hatred are diseases unto death. Like autoimmune diseases. When you're in a place of self-hatred and your body has received that message, your body will work on killing you. And so praying for you is not going to help. What we need to do instead of praying for people is we need to bring them to repentance. Show them it's the bitterness that's killing them. It's the self-hatred that's killing them. It's the unforgiveness that is killing them. Let's deal with it as a discipleship issue. And then when they have repented, then pray for their healing. All right? But as long as a person... I'm going back. This is serious. You've got to forgive yourself. If you are eat it with self-hatred, your body's going to get the message and kick things in. You can't afford to hate yourself. You can't afford to be eaten up with bitterness. Even the term, eaten up, is a consumptive type of a description. And unchecked, it will lead to death. Not because God desires it, but because this is the message and this is the demons that are at work in that person's physical body number 33 so we're going to disciple people go to them in love you know when you see somebody in that kind of position we're not going there to point the finger make them feel worse i mean come on if you're in self-hatred the last thing you need is somebody coming and yelling at you about being in self-hatred right that's not going to help instead what do you think you need to do go to them in love and minister to them about the love of god and getting their minds renewed and forgiving themselves, right? See, we're coming with gentleness and with meekness, helping people so that they don't continue to work against themselves. The block number 33 is not discerning the Lord's body. Not discerning the Lord's body. In Isaiah 53, 14 through 
4 and 5. It says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who his own self bear our sins and his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. It is the Lord's body that we are to discern, to discern his body. The Bible teaches us here in Isaiah and 1 Peter that by his stripes we were healed and we are healed. Let's turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We're discerning that it is our healing comes through his broken body. He has made that provision for us at Calvary. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing... He is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many, many among you are weak and sick and a number sleep. And sleep here means to die prematurely. Verse 31 but if we judged ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. Everybody saw that in your Bible, right? Okay, and 1 Corinthians is in the New Testament. Right. Discerning the Lord's body. The first aspect of this, there's three aspects. The first one of this is this. When you partake of communion you take the body you take the the cup and the bread you participate in the communion without having repentance in your heart you're taking in the elements that represent forgiveness and healing but you're not repentant you're bringing judgment upon yourself it means you're guilty of fraud and you've cursed yourself with a curse because we cannot take the the cup and the bread that is means forgiveness and then still hold unforgiveness and still have a need to repent on the inside of us. That means if we're doing that, then we're making the work on the cross of no effect. It has no effect because it's all about forgiveness and healing, isn't it? If we judge ourselves, it means we're having the discernment to know exactly and specifically what we are repenting for. So as, as we begin to sit down and take the communion, if the Holy Spirit of God puts his finger upon you and says you have envy in your heart, then what are you going to do? You're going to repent specifically of envy, right? When you repent specifically of envy, it is specifically washed away from you. And you open yourself up to receive God's forgiveness and healing, right? Okay. If it's not that... It's not the sacrament that saves you. It's not the taking of the communion that saves you. It's obedience is what saves you, okay? The next aspect, 
So, not re- so receiving of the elements without repenting is receiving unworthily. The second aspect of not discerning the Lord's body is the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, you are Christ's body and individually members of it. In Galatians 5, 15, Paul says, if you bite and devour one another, take care that you do not consume one another. Understand, we are members of the body of Christ. So if we are attacking and criticizing and accusing one another, this is actually a picture of what happens in a physical body with an autoimmune disease, when the body attacks itself. If we're attacking one another, we're not discerning that we are the Lord's body, that we're all members of the same body. My body should not attack itself. How many of you have ever tripped and fallen and then cursed yourself because you did it? Oh, you stupid idiot, or you dumb, my dumb knee, or my dumb foot. You know what? That's cursing your body. That's not a smart thing to do, right? Instead, we want to cover and protect our body and want to work on relationships and things that get out of whack. You know, if you pull something out of joint, you want to get that thing back in place, don't you? But how many people in the body of Christ let things limp limp along without getting relationships right because they don't understand the Lord is looking at this and is not pleased? Because it's not discerning the Lord's body. The Bible says in 1 John 2, 9, The one who says he is in the light and yet hates his brother is in the darkness until now. 1 John 3, 14 and 15 says, We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. When we are participating in communion, we're remembering that we are all one body, that we're all part under one head, Lord Jesus Christ. And when we are participating in communion, we're also saying that as Jesus laid his life down for us, we're in our lives down for one another because the body serves itself. It serves itself, right? And so if we are ignoring our brothers and sisters when they're hurting, when they're in disease, when they're in trouble, if we're ignoring them, it's like ignoring the Lord Jesus. It's not discerning his body. Then it means that if we're ignoring them, we're negating that communion fellowship that the act of receiving the bread and the cup represents. You know, God is so concerned that we work on horizontal relationships not just these not just the one with him you know and the ones with us are hard to do sometimes and take a lot of work because we're dealing with people with sin and weaknesses and issues right you know you deal with God he's perfect he walks in perfect love all the time you not so much (laughs) me not so much so this is harder to do But you know what? The Lord Jesus is committed that this is something he wants taken care of within his body. The cup cup that represents the blood of Jesus is for the forgiveness of sin. It's forgiveness of sins towards God, but also for forgiveness of sins between us. The cup represents forgiveness. The bread represents healing. It represents his body. And it also means that as we are part of the one body, that we're helping one another with working at our salvation. We're helping one another with dealing with the roots. And so sometimes we'll sit down and pray with one another or counsel with one another to help us understand what's in the way as service 
to one another. It's like when I'm teaching you, for example, in the rottenness of the bones, teaching you that helps you understand something that will help bring your healing, right? It's a service to one another. And if we're able to minister to one another out of love and say, you know, I think the enemy is gaining a stronghold in this place in your life. I believe I see a weakness that I want to help you with. I want to pray with you with. Let me help counsel you through this. That's all about healing and relationships, isn't it? God is after healing and holiness. The third aspect of not deserting the Lord's body. If we partake of communion but reject that healing is for today, we're eliminating half of what the cross represents. The cross represents forgiveness of sin, but also healing and deliverance, right? And to take communion and negate the atonement for healing is something that will bring sickness and disease upon people's lives. It will throw open the door. That's what Paul said. From not discerning the body, many are weak and sick, and some have died. For not understanding that it was actually healing can take place because of the atonement. All right, folks, let me ask you this. Because God is all about the importance of making things right. Our healing is in the context of relationship. Relationship with Him, relationship with one another, relationship with other people. So I want to ask you something tonight. If you know that you need to make it right with somebody here tonight, I want you to do it. If there's somebody here that you've got an issue with, you've got a problem with, there's something going on. Maybe you don't know them very well, maybe you do. But we want to make it right. We don't want to allow there to be any place for the enemy to come in and to keep people from being healed and from being whole. Let's just take a few moments and just reflect and just pray before the Lord. Father God, we want every spiritual block to our healing to be removed. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you would give us the grace to make things right wherever we need to. If it's repentance towards you, it's receiving your love, if it's building up our faith, or if it's going to somebody that we're upset with or annoyed with, or someone that we just are out of sync with that we need to make it right. The word says in James 5.16, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. We're going to take a few minutes here. And if you know that you need to make it right with God, and you need to make it right with another person, I want you to get up and go speak to them and make it right. Is there anybody in this room that you need to go to? It may be a family member. Maybe not. Jesus said that if you know that your brother has ought against you, you ought to go to him. He said, lay your gifts down. Don't even try to worship God without making it right. Say, well, they don't know that I'm mad at them. Doesn't matter. It's a place of humility. Say, well, maybe I'm mad at you, Donna. Well, then you need to come see me. Thank you, Father God. We praise you, Lord God, for grace. Thank you.
Thank you for joining us. For more information about Destiny Spirit Church or additional teaching CDs or training events, please visit our website at www.destinyspirit.com or you can write to us at Destiny Spirit Church, P.O. Box 15252, Chesapeake, Virginia, 23328. Thank you.